0: There it is. We're already there. Welcome, everybody, to this kind of cloudy Monday. I don't know what's going on, San Diego, but you got to fix this. We got some awesome guests coming on today, Uh, an awesome guest coming on today. We're going to talk about self-acceptance and what was the other thing? Oh, specific communication. That's right. We're going to have fun. It's going to be a good one. Here we go. Tune in.
1: Practicing polyamory.
0: Real-life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life
1: flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show.
0: All right, all right. Here we go, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this beautiful day. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in. And if you've been here for a while, then you already know that we're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, at least until the end of this month. That's right, folks. The Practicing Polyamory Podcast Season 1 is coming to an end on October 27th, but we'll be back. Rocking and rolling in February of next year. So, for the rest of this month, if you have any questions about your relationships or if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show before the end of the first season, slide into my DMs and let me know or leave a comment while we're recording live. Follow the show on all social media platforms at PraxinPollier. Let me know what it is that you want us to talk about. All right, that's it. Let's get on to introducing today's guest. Our awesome guest today comes to us via our Instagram following, and I'm so excited to get a chance to just chat with one of our listeners. Our guest is a TED Talk speaker, marketing consultant extraordinaire, lifesaver, and community builder. She is passionate about saving lives through Project Save a Life, where she teaches CPR, AED, and first aid to the public and to other instructors. And as a single parent herself, she's working on building a community for other single parents in the form of a blog. She's also an active lover of nature and all things woo, which reflects in her obsession of bringing kindness and compassion to each conversation and interaction. After a few years of exploring polyamory and now identifying as solo poly, our guest has found that the two biggest keys for successful poly relationships are self-acceptance and specific communication. Today, we'll chat about how she learned those lessons and how it can help in your relationships too. Joining us today out of the second oldest state in the U.S., a little bit of trivia for y'all, welcome to the show, Beth Montgomery. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> I, I i gotta i gotta uh, acknowledge your uh, reaction when i said the ted talk did you you, you didn't think i was gonna find that huh
1: <laughs> yeah you definitely got me off guard thank you so much james for having me on the show
0: oh i'm so excited to have you on thank you so much um I you know want to just start I guess with uh, asking you a little bit about your story just a little bit of your background I mean I gave kind of a, a brief overview here uh, you know with whatever I can find about you on the internet but uh, tell me a little bit about you things that I won't find on the on the uh, all-knowing web
1: <laughs> the interwebs sure thank you so i was married to the kid's father um i have two kids they're 17 mm-hmm. and 15 and um you know we were married for like nine ten years and then got divorced and i i kind of knew that something was different um monogamy didn't really settle well with me but i ended up getting married again um and uh you know that only lasted for about a year and mm-hmm. and then since then um you know i I heard about Polly and you know going going through the growth process of learning about myself and understanding what poly meant and what the poly world was, it's a huge arena. It's like this huge yeah. umbrella. And I, I I went down to the rabbit hole and I came back and I, you know, intentionally stayed single for a while and you know really explored that within.
0: hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> So the rabbit hole of polyamory, I mean, uh I'm curious a little bit about that. Like, wh- what were you doing? Were you listening to podcasts? Were you reading certain books? What kind of resources? What? Where did the rabbit hole take you?
1: <laughs> the rabbit, the Google button is really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many resources out there. Um, of course, more than two. And the other poly books out there. Um, but actually talking to other Polly folks, were like the most important thing. And then I got into podcasts and that's how I found you. I was like, I was like, oh, this is a really nice podcast. The first time I heard your podcast, it was solo poly, which is one of those new terms that I had, Mm -hmm. you know, really gripped onto and identified with. And um, I heard you had a guest on and she identified as solo poly and the way that she explained it and the way that she was approaching the terminology and, you know, walking around the subject, I was like, "Oh, I really identify with that." So I, you know, th-
0: the Google button, the Google button. the Google button, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot more out there, um, resources that just weren't around, however many years ago. So like kind of going back to what you were saying where, uh, you know, when you after the after the end of your first marriage, you said that, monogamy just didn't sit right but still you tried it again
1: um mm.
0: and you know that didn't work out so kind of on the topic of what we're talking about with the self-acceptance thing uh i kind of want to just get your 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 impression like what what were some of the lessons that you learned going through that you know i mean when you ended the relationship you kind of somehow knew that monogamy wasn't for you but you still gave it a shot anyway what were you going through at the time and and Maybe what are some things that current you, present you would have told past you if you had the chance?
1: Mm. So I do believe that I had to walk the path the way that I had to. to mm-hmm. figure it, out. Um, it took me some time to step into the truth of accepting because monogamy, nature, and the culture that I was brought up on in, and what's so prevalent in the world today, you know, it, it was hard to break that cycle, because everything that I've learned, everything that I knew, um, and the the community around me was all monogamy, you got to go up the relationship escalator, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. all of these confines, and, you know, breaking that, I, I really had to do some inner work, I had to do a lot of inner work, and breaking that, that that mold that I had within me to say, no, that doesn't ring true for me. Mm -hmm. That was a really critical point where I could say, I don't identify with that. I'm brave enough to speak up about it. And, um, you know, I'm okay with who I am today. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting that I'm, you know, on this platform, you know, declaring it out loud, like those who are closest to me know that I am polyamorous, but to, to go out in a public setting, it's like, Okay, I'm ready. Um, and it's just stepping into that one step at a time.
0: Is this kind of like your your public coming out party, so to speak?
1: If it is, it's the best party ever.
0: I don't I mean, I'm just asking <laughs> uh, just just kind of from what what you were what you were saying here, where the people close to you definitely know right. uh, but you don't necessarily broadcast it openly over over your social media and all that stuff
1: no i don't post any content like as a post but i will share it on instagram like Mm -hmm. i'll follow the i think we follow some of the same poly uh accounts and Mm -hmm. you know i'll share some of the things that resonate deeply and i'm not gonna hide it like it's not something i'm hiding it's not something i'll run away from but it's certainly i Jumping into it, yeah. I guess this
0: is... <laughs> that's super cool. Okay, uh, and, and the reason why that's like super cool to me right now, uh, I didn't realize it until this morning when I walk, when I woke up and I was like browsing all of my social media stuff. Do you know today is National Coming Out Day? <gasps> stop. <gasps> <laughs> well done, producer. Well done. Yes, today is National Coming Out Day. Oh. So, um, I don't know. I mean, just throw Uh, that out there. You
1: know, it is kind of like when I when I divorced the first time, I came out as bisexual, and Mm -hmm. it was kind of felt similar coming out as as poly, especially to those that are closest to me, because it's Mm -hmm. one of those things where you're like, oh, I don't know if they're going to accept me or not. You know, and putting Uh myself uh out there and being vulnerable and showing transparency and like this is who I am, and I'm okay with that and you know, if you don't accept me, that's, that's where you are. Um, but it is kind of a scary situation. Um,
0: For sure. Brene Brown.
1: Brene Brown. She's my girl.
0: Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. I've, I've heard. Okay. I, I'm, I'm like the worst because I haven't read it, but I keep hearing Brene Brown over and over and over again. Even my partner was like, yeah, this person that was on your show, they had like this Brene Brown level of vulnerability. And then they mentioned Brene Brown. And I was like, Wow. Okay, I, I need to to get up to speed. So, tell me a little bit about uh, Brene Brown. Why this Why this resonates with you right now?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, you can get so many things of hers, like on you know YouTube or you know the Google button. The Google button. Yes. Google <laughs> button. Um, I first knew. I first heard of her through the TED Talk because I was like obsessed with TED Talks, and she came up and. You know, she's talking about the power of vulnerability and mm-hmm. you know, growing up, being transparent and being vulnerable, like that was a sign of weakness. And I didn't want to be seen as weak. Um,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, that was like a that was like a negative thing, if we're gonna put any emotions attached to that. And she just came out and she was like, Well, this is who I am, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wow, to be able to be seen that way and like to show up and just show face and say, Hey, this is who I am. You know, this is where I am. This is, you know, this is what I'm saying. I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let, let Let's Let's talk a little bit about that. So we've got these two ideas right now that are that are kind of running congruently here. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got the idea of vulnerability, and on the other side is the self acceptance. So you have gone through this when you came out as bisexual as after your first divorce. You are potentially going to go through it and experience it some more as you start to, you know, come out more publicly about being polyamorous. So uh, tell me about like just just what you think. Right. This is you're not a uh, disclaimer for everybody. I know I have a lot of therapists on the show and, and like life coaches and all that stuff. That's that's not Beth. Okay, this is this is a regular human being just like you and me. We're just having a conversation here. So tell me a little bit, Beth, of what you think of the uh, relationship between vulnerability and self and self-acceptance.
1: So I can only speak from my own personal experience when it comes to vulnerability and self-acceptance. I wasn't able to accept myself until I became vulnerable to myself. I know mm-hmm. that sounds really, really weird. And I heard it a million times, but until I looked in the mirror and like said, okay, this is who I am and I love you and I accept you. You know, I couldn't, I mean, I really had to go through it, like inner child work and like crying and, you know, going through some of that nasty stuff that i had gone through growing up. You know tearing things apart is life is not a beautiful pro like life is beautiful but like life can be you know have very difficult um situations and and uh circumstances and like accepting where i am today um through all that it's just I can't even put it into words. You have therapists yeah. on that, like say it so beautifully. And, like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally get what you're saying though. Like uh, yeah. coming, to, coming to a point where I accept myself, uh, a, a friend of mine calls it radical self-love or radical self-acceptance, where it's even accepting the parts of myself that I don't like, the things that I, you know, have struggled with over, over you know, my lifetime, um, mm-hmm. but accepting all of it. And, and, you know, the way that you're talking about it right now, this, this ability to be vulnerable with myself, to say, actually, these are the things that I want, or these aren't the things that I want. And just to be okay with that, because there's all mm-hmm. of these expectations from external sources, right? There's, there's, yeah. there's the expectations of monogamy, because that's what society generally teaches us. And there's, you know, the expectation to, uh I mean, you, you, you have kids, right? But um for me, you know, I, I don't have any, but like, there's an expectation of get married, have kids, raise a family, do all these things. Mm-hmm. And to kind of, buck that system to to say maybe that's not actually what I want and getting really vulnerable with myself or maybe realizing that that is what I want even if I'm you know practicing polyamory and that's not necessarily where things line up it's it's a journey it's a process right
1: it is and it's okay to change my mind it's okay for all of us to change our minds and like you had mentioned about exterior forces and like this, these pressures. Well, what I came to realize was I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. Yes. Like a lot of that had to do with me too. And once I began releasing that, like, Ooh, talk about like freedom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The, uh, the should language is what always gets me right all the things that i should be doing i should Mm -hmm. be this i should Mm -hmm. be that i should be spending 14 hours a day working on my business i should be you know getting into you know if i'm practicing polyamory then i should be defeating jealousy and not be feeling it at all should 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 it's terrible don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something (laughs) 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 we can I mean, we can, but like to have those expectations of ourselves and to be so hard on ourselves when you don't hit those expectations, that's not healthy either.
1: No, it's not. And there's so much release when it when acceptance comes in and I'm able to release that there's so much pressure that is like, I don't own that anymore. And like bringing it back to this moment, this moment right here, the here and now is like perfect I don't have to worry about what's in the future. I don't have to worry about what happened in the past. I can't change that. And I don't know what's gonna happen in the future. And just accepting where I am today and being okay with that and saying, okay, this may not be forever. And that's that's perfectly fine. I'll worry about that when that time comes. But for right now, I am polyamorous. Yeah. And that's okay.
0: That's the, the vulnerability, self-vulnerability, okay self-acceptance all of that kind of coming coming together and saying this is and and I love that 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 idea of now uh I don't remember what I was reading or what I was listening to but they were talking about the idea of now Mm. it's gone before it gets here right like every single moment it's here and it's gone and it's here and it's gone and it's here and it's gone Mm. and but really all we have is right now and I just I love that idea Mm -hmm. um diving into part two specific (laughs) communication that was the other thing that uh that we wanted to talk about today so tell me a little bit about what you mean by specific communication Uh, i'm guessing that there was some kind of a story or something that you learned specifically uh specific specific anyway uh something (laughs) that you learned that that said hey you know what like, this is an important topic for polyam folks.
1: Yeah, well, the the main thing that's plastered all over polyamory walls is communication, communication, communication. That's right. like the number one, two, three rule. Mm-hmm. And for someone like me who, you know, I, I really had a, I really had difficulties, st- like, telling my truth. I really had difficulty speaking what I wanted. And, um, you know... Finding the courage to, to say, hey, this is what I want. That's important to me. That's not important to me. Putting up those boundaries, again, it, co- it comes right back to doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know? um, when it came to my own personal story of coming out as polyamorous, so some of the people that I've dated, I mean, it was, it was very difficult saying, Hey, are you monogamous or are you polyamorous? Cause this is, this is who I, who I am. Mm-hmm. And, um, being able to speak the truth in a very specific way, instead of dancing around it, um, not going too far deep into like past, past Beth, what happened in past Beth world. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was always taught to say, yes. Okay. Don't talk always say yes, don't say what you want, you know, just go with the flow. It's a trauma response and I I understand it and I can, I can name it today because of wonderful therapists like you have on your show. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you know, like that once that healing came through and you know, I was able to heal different parts of me that were hidden. That's when I was able to say and step into my truth and say, you know what? My voice is shaking and I'm really scared right now, but I'm still going to speak my truth. And I'm okay with it today. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Like I, I I have that visual of, of shaky Beth, you know, just like, Nope, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. Like there's, there's such, such um, strength in, in that. Um, Mm -hmm. A good friend of mine always says that success is on the other side of uncomfortable conversations um, and, you know, I still struggle with it anyway, like, it's really hard for me to, to disappoint people. You know, yeah. you talked about about being taught to say yes. Um, I'm just curious, is that like a, a, a cultural thing? Or is that more of like a society thing? Like, women are supposed to be, you know, meek and, and submissive. And they're like, where does that kind of come from? Do you think? Yeah
1: that's a really good point. I, I never even thought about that. I I was, I'm half Korean.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, my dad's from, from the Philly area. My mom's from South Korea. So South Korean, like the way that I was taught, you just, you know, yes, ma'am. No, sir. Okay. Yes. flow, okay. And we don't, you know, I respect my elders, so I don't talk back.
0: Mm-hmm, and
1: mm-hmm. You know, the point that you brought up being a woman too, I hate putting labels and I hate, you know, I don't, I really just don't, I dislike that, that stigma, but there is sort of a stigma there. And that's why we need to talk about it and be truthful. And like, a lot of the times, yes, you know, being a meek, you know, feminine, you know, I had to step into that role, you know, breaking some of that role and that some of that layer too was, was really key, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I I kind of want to get a little bit more of that story. Like, uh, like I was saying, for me, it's still a difficult thing. It's still uh, something that I that I personally struggle with. Uh, I had, you know, somebody that I was talking to for a little while. And, you know, I think I knew and I felt like I wasn't 100 percent into the relationship. But like there's this part of me that doesn't want to hurt somebody, first mm-hmm. of all, right? So like, mm-hmm. I don't want to have this difficult conversation. Uh, or if it's not that it's like, uh, just the, the discomfort of having this conversation. I mean, I, I went to like my, my mastermind group, I had, you know, people that I meet with once a month, and we talk about all these things. And I'm like, you know, you guys, I, I'm having trouble like having these conversations. And they're like, you just got to you just got to do it, right? But <laughs> We think
1: we can, can, we can so
0: easy, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm wearing I'm wearing a Nike shirt. like yeah, we could just do it, right. but like there's 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 things that are swirling around in our heads. and I want to kind of get an idea from mm-hmm. you, like when you are able to step into your authentic self, when you are able to, you know, be shaky, but still stand up and say what's important to you, um, what are the things that you are holding on to like what are what are some some values
1: mm. that
0: help push you over that line and and get you to where you can be your most authentic self?
1: Yeah, good question thank you. Um, so for a while when I first started doing the work, I would imagine holding little Beth's hand and I would quite frequently look at a little, picture of me. And I have I have it sitting over there, um, hidden, you know. Um, because I would look at that picture and say, I'm not going to deny you anymore. Mm. Like I have denied myself so many times because pleasing others was more important than my own personal needs. So for a while I would, I would imagine like, I'm the adult here. I'm going to stand here and hold her hand and say, I am sticking up for you right now. I know it's scary, but you're safe now. And I, you know, I can't tell you, like, it sounded really hokey doing it the first time for my therapist, but like uh-huh. when I did that, it was like, whoa.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah. So That is
0: beautiful. <laughs> thank you. That no, that's, that's, that's really freaking good. Wow. Um, (laughs) I'm blown away because there's, there's so many times, right. Where Mm -hmm. uh, going back to the should language, Mm -hmm. I should be working more. I should be doing more. I should this, I should that. And whenever I would fail at the things that I was supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody was going to be a harsher critic to myself Mm -hmm. than me. Right. Right. I nobody was
1: I, sorry. I Go heard ahead. It somewhere that that should voice that that criticizing voice. That's not my voice. And then once I once I can like I just calmly sat there and listened to it the one day and it was like, whose voice is talking? And it turned mm. out it wasn't mine. It was somebody else. It was this person. And come to find out, like, it's not even those people, you know, anymore. I'm in a safe space. So like making sure that my space is safe, that I'm safe in my body, that I have a safe environment for myself, for my kids, for, you know, those who love me. That was a game
0: changer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's, what's really important. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. That's so good. Oh, I, I, I really think I really hope that, that uh, you know, people are going to gravitate to this and people are going to resonate with that and be like, yes, hell yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking of all these shoulds and, and, you know, whoever it is that's attacking me, whether it's, you know, me or not. Uh, And so many times that I've been told and others have told me, you know, um, would you say that to your nephew? Yeah. Right. Would you say that? No, you wouldn't say that. And so you taking that picture of yourself and being like, nope, I'm standing in this space for you. Mm-hmm. Damn, <laughs> like that visual is just killing me and I'm loving it. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's so hard because like growing, growing up, I didn't have an advocator, you know, mm. and I could not advocate for myself. I was a little, I was a little girl. And I think, I think I remember you saying on the one podcast, you are, you know, half descent from two different cultures too. And so growing up, I I lived in the States Mm -hmm. and I I received the, well, what are you? You know, are you Korean or are you American? So I never felt like I fit in anywhere. So I would have to like mold myself and like present as a certain way and like, you know, be, you know, and allow things to happen in my life or like agree to things that I didn't want to have part of. You know just to be accepted in the culture and the community that I found myself in. And I moved so many times that it was um that it was it was my coping skill. It was my this is how I'm gonna get through life is accepting and, and being like, okay, I'll do that. I'll be mm-hmm. whatever you want me to be. And when I said no more, that's when the change happened. Cause like I got so broken and I was tired of feeling like is this all that life is? Just using mm. other people? No. I don't wanna live and like so.
0: And so now as someone who identifies as solo poly, you're really stepping into and embracing like your own identity and the things that you want. Can you just like touch a little bit on that?
1: Sure. Um, so I got divorced and I was, you know, so uncomfortable with being alone like my whole life I was, you know, growing up, I got married when I was 20, 21. Um, I was in relationships all the way up until then I was living with college roommates. So like, I always had somebody like a body, you know, when mm-hmm. I said somebody like somebody around me. And when I got divorced the second time I looked around my apartment, I was like, Whoa, this is a small apartment, but it feels very big. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I needed to learn how to, and You know, I don't use that word a lot, but I needed to learn how to be alone. Yeah. I needed to learn to be okay with sitting by myself. I would take little steps of like taking myself out on a date, you know, just for dinner and like being really uncomfortable and scrolling on the phone, but like still doing it. And it got to the point where I took a solo trip out to San Francisco by myself, didn't know anybody, didn't have any plans. I just went and just had a good time, did all the things that I wanted to do. And I came back and I felt so empowered. And so like, I'm okay with myself. And so now I've gotten to this point where, you know, I have my kids, they're 17 and 15, you know, they're, they're in high school. I'm looking down the lane and I'm seeing that empty nest is coming up. Mm -hmm. And Before I would have been like, Oh my goodness, empty nest. I'm going to be alone. Like, how am I going to release that? How am I going to let go? But like, Funny thing is, parenthood is all about releasing. I think life is all about learning how <laughs> to let go. And so I, I kind of settled into the thought of what would it feel like to move in with somebody again? What would it be like, mm. to, you know, sleep next to somebody again? And I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't, you know, that doesn't resonate. So I bought myself a hammock as a bed. Um, nice. It's a double. <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> I have people sitting in it, but like, you know, and I, it's. It, it's nice to have the thought of like, oh, we can have a sleepover or like, you know, and I've had sleepovers, but, you know, to, to cohabitate with somebody or go up the relationship escalator or put labels labels on it, it just doesn't, you know, we're human. We're, we're, we have this connection. We have this bond. We have this, you know, experience together. And like, let's just be a witness to each other's lives and enjoy the moment for what it is and not feel the, the pressure of. Okay. And if it does go that way, great. If it doesn't, fine. Like it's either way. It's okay.
0: I love it. I I feel like you are uh, a step or two ahead of where I am right now. Uh, For me, I've been living on my own for about six months now. Um, Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And there's this like, uh, just this, this voice in the back of my head. That's like, do you really want to be alone? Right. Or do you want somebody, you know, in your life? And like my therapist actually kind of planted that book a little bit, but you know, we won't blame her too much. Um, But like, it's making me think and, and hearing you talk about uh, spending the time alone and doing a solo trip and like coming to terms with and, and, and embracing, you know, all of that. I'm like, okay, there's hope. there's hope.
1: There's always hope. Always. It doesn't matter what the situation is. There's always, always hope.
0: Always, always hope. Beth, this has been such a great show. I want (laughs) to thank you so much for uh, spending some of your time with me here today. Um, (laughs) If anybody wants to reach out and and if you want to plug anything, uh, tell us about some of the stuff you've got going on and how people can reach out and, and get in touch with you.
1: Uh, well, Instagram, uh, Butterfly Beth. There it is, and SingleParentsProject.com. I am. I do like to write, so this will help me get into writing a little bit more. I do write for the local magazine here in Central PA, and um, yeah, just like to post pictures sometimes.
0: Nice, nice. And uh, you gave it away there, Central PA. That's Pennsylvania. That's the second uh, state in. <laughs> in the U S the second, you know, oldest anyway. All right. That was our trivia. Thank you, Beth. Again, so much for hanging out. It's been so much fun. Really, really appreciate your time and uh, just everything that you share. Thank you for being vulnerable. Mm,
1: Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate you.
0: It's been a blast. It's been a blast. Uh, Thank you also, as always, to our live audience for tuning in. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for the podcast downloads. So. If you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday for the rest of this month, 2.30 Pacific Time, or sign up for Patreon, where you'll get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is that you download your podcast. If you haven't already, please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That is all we've got for you all today. Thank you, as always. We'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, have a nice day! Thank
1: you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicing polya.
0: Seriously, that was such a good interview. That was such a good show. That was so much value. I'm like, Ah! Oh,
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me.